time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been another race weekend, and here on Southern Race Week, your favorite radio station, uh, or on your favorite podcast location, this edition of Southern Race Week, we're going to be getting you up to speed on everything you need to know. We're going to be checking in with the folks around the world and the global empire of NASCAR, short track, and you name it to get you up to speed with the inside skinny on what's going on in racing and motorsports. As always, I'm William Barber, a.k.a. WB. I want to thank y'all for taking time to tune in. And remember, if you're looking for the main man, the producer to the stars, the man that can get an interview with anybody, including dead presidents, this is Alfred! What's going on, brother? How you doing, WB? Glad to be with you again this week on another fantastic episode of Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're doing well there, WB, because, uh, you know, NASCAR is going to be off for a, a couple of weeks for the Olympics. So uh, the NASCAR drivers have a couple of weeks off to take some time away, vacation, hang out with the family before they get back to racing at Watkins Glen here in a, a couple of weeks. So uh, it's going to be weird not to have NASCAR racing for uh, – Two weeks in a row there, William, but uh, you know what? They, you know, with the Olympics and NBC's coverage, they just didn't have the opportunity to do it. So, you know, hey, when Olympic, I guess the Olympics are a little bit more important than uh, NASCAR to NBC, I guess. Uh, you know, there's uh, nobody going to be in the, in the grandstands for the Olympics. So NBC's got to make up and the Olympics got to make up their money somehow or another. And by God, it might as well be. <laughs> might as well be from, uh, you know, uh, knocking NASCAR out of the way. So there you go. Well, you know, uh, Alfie, there's been a lot of chatter. And before we get into the NASCAR news, and I hope this doesn't intrude into your NASCAR news, let's, let's first get to who our guests are on this week's show. Yes. So we have another uh, jam-packed, fantastic episode of the Southern Race Week Radio program, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And don't forget that the podcast is available every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can go back and listen to this week's episode or any of our previous week's episode of Southern Race Week Radio. But on this week, we've got another uh, jam-packed program. In just a few minutes, you're going to be speaking with Ted Austed. He's been away from the program for a few weeks because he's been extremely busy with everything going on at Atlanta Motor Speedway over the last few months and weeks. So he's going to be joining us this week to break down everything going on in the short track world with you. And then also, I'll have the opportunity to speak with Alan Kavana our NASCAR insider. We've got a lot of activity going on in the world of NASCAR. So we'll talk to him about the playoff picture and also uh, some stuff that we're going to be bringing up here in racing news in uh, just a matter of moments. And then also got the opportunity to speak with Alan Bestwick of the SRX series. He was the main play-by-play voice over on CBS. And I don't know if you had the chance to watch the uh, race in Nashville that took place as Chase Elliott had to battle it out with Bill Elliott, his dad, along with other major players in NASCAR and uh, Formula One and open-wheel racing. But uh, he won the race at uh, Nashville this past weekend in the season finale for the first year of the SRX Series. So we'll talk to Alan Bestwick and get his thoughts on the SRX Series and what the future holds for that series as well. So we have all that coming up for you here on Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hey, this is Mike Bagley of Motor Racing Network and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. You, my friends, are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this 
brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast as NASCAR taking a couple of weeks off for the Olympics. But uh, a lot going on in the world of racing as we're going to get to here in just a matter of moments here as we uh, focus on the XRX series which has recently uh, wrapped up at uh, Nashville this past weekend. And one of the many voices you heard during the six-week run of SRX Racing on CBS is the lead broadcasting voice in the booth as we head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in Mr. Alan Bestwick. Uh, like I'm walking into the the ring for a wrestling match. <laughs> well, when we have a big deal guest on Mr. Bestwick, we always have to give him a big deal introduction. You are a big deal in the world of broadcasting. As, as, as far as this radio nerd goes, you're one of the best voices in broadcasting for sure. So we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week uh, on the program, coming off a fantastic season finale of the SRX series presented by uh, Camping World. Want to give them a little bit of love and a plug as as well as they were their lead sponsor for the SRX series uh, this season, along with so many other great sponsors that were a part uh, of the series. And I got to tell you, Mr. Bestwig, I was so excited when they made the announcement that Chase Elliott would be participating in the final race at Nashville. I had the opportunity to interview Bill Elliott a couple of weeks before that race, and he'd been telling me that he, you know, he hasn't had the best season in the SRX series, but I got to tell you, he raced his tail off uh, in Nashville. I don't know if Chase being there kind of gave him a little extra motivation and, and a little extra uh, oomph there, but he won Heat 1. He was there battling with Chase uh, most of the race in, in the main feature, so uh, I got to tell you, man, as, as a fan of racing, I got to tell you that race in Nashville definitely had me on the edge of my seat, and I was excited for it. The crowd was amazing. So from your perspective, being there live on scene, what was it like uh, being in Nashville for that series finale there in the XRX series? Well, I think the, the, the biggest takeaway for me was the energy and the response of the race fans in the Nashville area. I mean, um, you know, the place was packed. And, you know, it had been 20 years since I did a race there, since I've been to the fairgrounds. And to see the people turn out like that, to see the old joint just, just absolutely slammed, to see the excitement in the crowd um, and watching all these great superstars, uh, you know, racing there at that speedway on that night, it, was, it really was um, gratifying. It was really, you know, as the last race of the series, it was really gratifying to see how the series built that following and that momentum to get to that point. And it was a really special night. You know, we had the, we had the, the benefit of the broadcast booth in Nashville being kind of down low. I mean, basically being almost in the crowd, you know, and um, so you could really see and feel and hear the response of the fans and, and what kind of time they were having. And it just, it was a, it was a special night. And you can tell how excited Chase was to win that race. I mean, you, he had a lot of excitement uh, saying racing with his heroes, which were uh, Tony Stewart and, and his dad, uh, really, you could really tell how excited he was to be a part of that. You had an opportunity, I'm sure, to maybe talk to Chase or the bro- or the other broadcasters on your team did. Uh, could you see the excitement from Chase when he got out of the car and, and was doing the post-race interview of how excited he was to be a part of this event? Well, he was excited to, to, to be a part of the event, you know, uh, period. But I mean, I talked with Chase uh, a good bit earlier in the day on Saturday. And, you know, two of the things that he was most excited about, the chance to race his dad, number one. And number two, the chance to support 
the fairground speedway. Uh, it, you know, the, the situation there has been a little on the unstable side over the last several years. And Chase and uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, you know, you can you can run a list of people are, are, uh, of of those who feel like um, stability and and uh, and and rebirth is something that that racetrack needs and deserves. And so Chase was happy to be there to support the effort of showing that the fairgrounds can host big events. Still, um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about the possibility of maybe a Cup race coming there down the road with. Um, uh, Speedway Motorsports and, and Bristol Motor Speedway getting involved in, in, uh, in an effort to to consider that. But Chase wanted to support that. And, again, look at the turnout. Look at the energy. Look at the enthusiasm. Look at the way the night was. And um, and it was really great to see how, how passionate he was, Chase, about supporting the Fairground Speedway and its future. Speaking with Alan Beswick here on a Southern Race Regrader, the lead announcer for the SRX series on a CBS and the, the television numbers were very impressive for the first year. As you said, pretty much every track you went to was a sold-out crowd. I was excited to see some of their favorite drivers back out there on the track uh, once again. Uh, I haven't heard any official word. I'm sure they're going to do this again next year. Um, do you think they might add more races, more drivers? Uh, what have you heard from the SRX camp as far as the, the future of the SRX series? Well, everybody's, everybody's excited for, for what year two will be. The question is, what will year two be? Um, I wouldn't want to add more races. I wouldn't want to add more drivers to the field. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Um, part of what made this special is it was special. Right. It's not 20 races. It's not 14. It was six. It was six weeks in the summer. Um, the, the drivers, you know, all of these people, they have a lot of things in their lives. And I feel like if you add too many more races, you'll dilute the ability to have the biggest superstars in racing be part of it. And that's part of what makes it special. Um, you know, what tracks will next year's series encompass? How many races will there be? What drivers will there be? Those are all conversations, um, you know, in the coming months. Those are all, you know, for people in, in, in corner offices and buildings, um, you know, with, uh, with higher pay grades than me. But I think by any measure, this year's SRX series was a, an unqualified success. And, you know, a lot of lessons were learned just across the six weeks of things that can be made even better for, for you know, season two. And so I look forward to, uh, to seeing how those lessons are applied and, and um, you know, where are we going? Who goes racing? Well, let me tell you something, Mr. Bestwick, as I was watching every race on CBS, uh, one of the things that really made the coverage so so exciting was your play-by-play coverage. Uh, you, I could tell as a, as a fan how excited you were to be there, to be calling all the action. For you personally, how was it like for you this season to be the lead announcer for a new series that's just starting up SRX and do it on CBS? Um, for you personally, how was it like, the experience overall? There's a couple different ways to look at that from from a from a business standpoint. Um, you think of everything that could have gone wrong, starting a new series, uh, bringing a new network in, trying to do something different on network television. Um, you think of everything that could have gone wrong, and the execution was terrific. The CBS people were great. Uh, my, my partners on the broadcast, the drive, everything, everything was just 
great. It went as good as it could possibly have gone. So from that, that aspect, really, really, really satisfying. I'm a harsh critic, and I go back and watch every, every show that I do, and, and over the course of the six weeks, the notes I had about things we could, we could change or fix or tweak got fewer and fewer and fewer. So professionally, that was, that was very gratifying. Um, on, 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 a, on a personal end, look, I have this, I have this thing that, I, that, I, that stuck with me for years, which is you can't have fun watching television if I'm not having fun making television. And I had a ton of fun with this project. I mean, it was, it was a blast. Um, great group of friends to work with, a great group of drivers. We had all the access we could ever want. We were able to try new things, do new things. We laughed along the way. We, you know, it just, it was fun. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't ask to have had any more fun working, if you will, uh, for six weeks. So really, really great time and, um, and really privileged that I was able to do it. Well, uh, Mr. Bestwick, we really appreciate your time, and it's been an honor and a pleasure, as I said, as a radio nerd, a television nerd, uh, you are definitely one of the uh, top enchilant of uh, broadcasters. So I'm very, uh, as I mentioned, very humbled and, and glad you took time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. So uh, good luck to you for the rest of the year, and hopefully looking forward to seeing you back in the booth next year for the SRX Series, my friend. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, uh, everything goes well, and I appreciate the kind words. It's uh, it's too generous, but... Uh... People have been very kind over the years, and I, I'm very appreciative. Hey, this is Dennis Bickmeyer, president of Richmond International Raceway, and you are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's episode of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie continuing on with this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which is available for you every Monday on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. And we've got another great guest joining us here on Southern Race Week Radio as we head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in uh, NASCAR Insider, knowing everything going on in the world of NASCAR. Also, part-time with the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Alan Cavana. Good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, Mr. Cavana, thank you so much for taking time to join us yet again this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're doing well, my friend. Oh, we are. I am. And uh, it's been a good two weeks. I've been at the track. Saw you in Atlanta. So it's been a fun two weeks. Now the Cup Series has two weeks off. Yes. And uh, we got a lot of NASCAR news to get to uh, momentarily. But first, I want to talk about the current playoff picture. It's Eric Almarola. For a lot of people, picked up an upset victory. Now we've got 13 drivers who are eligible for the playoffs, all in via win. That leaves three spots available via points, which is Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, and uh, Tyler Reddick. You've got Austin Dillon, Chris uh, Chris Buescher, and Matt DiBenedetto kind of on the outside looking in. So your thoughts on the playoff picture right now is Eric Almarola gets that upset victory. we got 13 drivers locked in, three that are still battling it out for points, and those that are even outside of that 16-driver bubble trying to get in. So what are your thoughts on this crazy, crazy playoff picture we have right now? Yeah, man, it got crazy the last two weeks, right? I mean, first-time winners in Kurt Busch, and then Eric Almarola kind of out of nowhere. Did not see that one coming, but that's the beauty of this playoff format, I suppose. 
but it really puts a, a late squeeze I didn't think we were going to have. Maybe I was naive, but I really didn't see this coming. So now you have Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick, who are kind of in, you know, lights out drivers. They were in 2020 uh, without wins. And then you got kind of this one last spot left that's now being battled for between Tyler Reddick and his teammate Austin Dillon. That's kind of strange. And you got four races where, hey, two of them are road courses, one of them is Daytona. We could see some different winners. I didn't think it was possible, but we could see some more wild card winners. There's no reason from what Ross Chastain has showed us that he can't win one of these road courses, right? Just about anybody can win Daytona. There are a lot of skilled drivers. Maybe not anybody, but there are plenty of skilled drivers that can pull the upset at Daytona. If you do all that, I mean, all of a sudden, uh, look, you're thinking about somebody like a Kevin Harvick or a Jenny Hamlin, maybe not making it. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, I don't want to get too crazy, but it, it certainly is possible with the schedule we have left. And Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, two of the premier drivers last year who got themselves a ton of victories, surprisingly so far, no wins so far. Do you see either Denny Hamlin or Kevin Harvick picking up a victory? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be odd. Uh, but, yeah, can they win? Absolutely. I mean, Denny Hamlin, Jokers Racing, they have a speed to win just about anywhere, especially Daytona, right? I mean, I know it can be a crapshoot, but if there's one sure thing at Daytona, it is a driver like Denny Hamlin. Kevin Harvick, I would imagine they are putting all their marbles, I'm talking championship-level preparation, into the Michigan race. Uh, Kevin Harvick can win road courses, sure, but they're a little more up in the air than what Stewart Racing is capable of at a track like Michigan. And I think they would put every single man hour and resource into one race to go out and secure their spot at Michigan by doing that. I think that's the safest option for them right now. Speaking with Alec Havana here, NASCAR Insider on Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Now, Alan, you were at the press conference uh, earlier this week to make a major announcement as uh, Brad Keselowski is going to be heading on over to uh, Roush Fenway Racing and also taking on the number six ride and taking over ownership, a partial ownership of that racing team. Uh, from the press conference, what did you take away from Brad Keselowski's decision to not only move over to Roush Fenway, but also take on partial ownership of that uh, team? It's interesting, but he's going after what he wants, right? He is one of the, the more you know, thoughtful, uh, cerebral drivers in the garage when we hear about his comments. This is nothing he did without, you know, hours and hours, months and months of thought. What he made it clear is that he wanted a piece of ownership. That that guaranteed him a few things, right? That gave him a guaranteed spot when it comes to competition of how his race cars are built and the strategies around all that. It gave him a guaranteed spot for a future after he stops driving. That's something he really wanted. So this was an opportunity he felt he had to take. On that front, though, I asked him, right? I mean, he's come, I do a a podcast called Positive Progression. We talk a lot about the age, the prime age for a driver is in his late 30s, believe it or not, age 39. Brad Keselowski is just now approaching his prime as a peak performer in terms of driving a race car. So I asked him, he's getting out of one of the, maybe one of the best situations in all of NASCAR. He's choosing to leave Team Penske during his prime to take this risk. I asked him if that was worth it. Is he sacrificing his present for his future? And he said, you know what, maybe, but if there was ever an equalizer, if there was ever a time to make such a crazy decision, it's next year when they have this new next-generation car coming in. Now, a couple of drivers are going to have to look for new rides. Ryan Newman among one of them, as Brad will be taking over the number six. And also, Matthew Benedetto is going to be out of the 21 car. 
next year. Do you see a situation where either Ryan Newman or Matty Benedetto will find themselves a ride in the Cup Series next year? You know, it's hard to say. I don't know about where the ideal fit would be. Like, you know, what's open right now? Trackhouse Racing has an opening. I, I don't think Matty Benedetto fits there. Uh, 2311 Racing, and there's certainly no rumors that include Matthew Benedetto being available for that one, right? I mean, Kurt Busch is the, the heavy rumor there, and, and it helps that he brings sponsorship. That, that helps any race car driver, something that, as far as we know, Matthew Benedetto doesn't have. I don't know if there is a current option open for Matty D this right now for the Cup Series next year. Maybe some other dominoes will fall, some openings will happen. And they would get a hell of a driver, a certainly capable driver, out of Matthew Benedetto. But as of right now, I don't know where that opening is. Similar for Ryan Newman. I mean, Ryan Newman is on uh, certainly the back nine of his career. He's had an amazing career. He's been around since 2002. You know, this is no slouch of a Hall of Fame career for Ryan Newman. But, you know, where would he fit right now? I'm just not sure because uh, we talked about that, that prime era. He's sort of out of that. But Brad has... Kozlowski said this week that him and Roush have also talked, and, and maybe there's a part-time option available. We'll just have to see it. But I don't know what – that's more for Ryan Newman if he wants to keep you know driving full-time and put himself out there for a future ride. Uh, Mr. Kavan, of our listeners want to keep up with you in the latest in NASCAR news, racing news. Uh, where can they go to keep up with you and what's going on in the world of racing? Yeah, man, please just follow me on Twitter, at Alan Kavana. You'll see all my stuff on there. We do the fantasy show for NASCAR. Dot com. I do a lot of stuff for speed sport, get you ready for the weekend. Well, Alec and Vana, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Uh, enjoy the off weeks here, and we'll talk to you again down the road again, my friend. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it, Alvin. Hey, this is NASCAR driver Trevor Bain, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hi, right, race fans. Uh, welcome back uh, to this edition of Southern Race Week, your uh, favorite radio station and your favorite podcast location. And uh, this week on the show is uh, we'd like to talk about all the great things of short track racing. You know, we're coming out of uh, a big NASCAR weekend um, at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And and we l- always love to have this guy on the show. He's been promoted through the ranks at one point in time. I think he was just selling hot dogs. But uh, he has been promoted uh, all the way from vending machine to uh, track uh, uh, promotions and track or track events uh, guru. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the trophy for uh, highest uh, number of uh, events at one track in one cheat season, one year. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ted Madman Allstead. Ted, welcome to hey, the Ted. show. WB, it's good to be back. It's been a while. It's, it's been a while. I've been, I've been well, way, way too busy. Way well, too busy. Man, I tell you, Atlanta Motor Speedway, it's like y'all jammed in more things inside between February and July than I think y'all did in uh, 20, uh, 2009 to 2012. I mean, dude, and that, I mean, it's been a fabulous springtime. There's no doubt about the the first and second quarter here at the Speedway have been active. We started off with the Atlanta Marathon taking place. Then we had our first NASCAR weekend with the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 weekend. Then we put a whole bunch of dirt inside the bowl and, and had the AMA Monster Energy Supercross. We had the Monster Jam events take place. We had American Flat Track take place. Then we resodded the joint 
and brought in uh, a dozen plus high school graduations. We did a couple of car shows with caffeine and octane and the Atlanta truck invasion. And then we got all set and we just recently hosted our Quaker state 400 presented by Walmart weekend. And now now we slow down a little bit on my side of the equation because we're tearing up the racetrack to put down an all new surface and an all new configuration for 2022. And, uh, it, it's hard to watch it because, you know, right outside my window here is they're tearing up the asphalt and everything. But looking at the plan for 2022 just gets me super excited to reintroduce this, this legendary facility to our fans next year. And I want to talk about that here in a minute because there's a lot of local fans and a, in a lot of re- regional fans that uh that are uh race drivers that are uh, drag uh dragsters uh that uh that are going to be impacted a little bit temporarily by this remodel but first let's talk about some um some some local racing action that's going on in the short track racing world brother yeah on the dirt side of things is the southern nationals uh, ray cook's big series that is so popular at dirt tracks all across the southeast each summer kicked off this past weekend up at beckley motorsports park josh right First time winner in the series that uh, picked up the $10,000 payday with a victory up there. Then kind of some rain problems as they, they got rained out here until this past uh, Monday night when they were finally able to get a race in at uh, Sweetwater, Tennessee's I-75 raceway. Dale McDowell, the gentleman out of uh, Chickamauga, how do you say that? Uh, Georgia picked up the the victory there, just a $4,000 payday for for Dale McDowell. And, of course, the series continues on with runs at West Georgia Speedway, going down to Needmore Speedway in the southern part of the state, and then over to uh, Red Griffin's big show place at Screven Motor Speedway. And, of course, it'll finish up later on this year up at Dixie uh, as well as Rome Speedway. So a great series to follow and making its way through the Georgia, Tennessee, and uh, North Carolina area here over the next few weeks. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of great racing action going on, uh, not only in our neck of the woods in the southeast, and, uh, but there's, uh, there's a lot of great stuff going on uh, beyond the, uh, the normal <laughs> realm of Southern Race Week. <laughs> You're right. You're right. The Lucas Oil uh, Series was in Wheatland, Missouri at the Lucas Oil Speedway. Beautiful facility out there in uh, middle Missouri. And a uh, little, little southeastern flavor to it is Jonathan Davenport picked up the $15,000 pay, $15, payday out at that show place in Wheatland, Missouri. Uh, just continuing on with a great season uh, for him. Ashton Winger, another Georgia boy picked up a summer nationals uh, uh, win up at uh, Oakshade Raceway in Ohio. Uh, that is Winger's third victory on the Summer Hell Tour. And why they call it the Hell Tour? Because it's like 30 races in 35 days. And Winger decided to take his ride up there. And so far, he is uh, he's cashing in. He picked up $10,000 the other night with that Summer Nationals victory. And, and a lot of good racing taking place. The Southern All-Stars have been running. In fact, uh, they were rained out this past weekend at Magnolia Motor Speedway, but they get back on uh, the horse again here coming up this weekend. 62 Bandits, I had an opportunity to watch those guys down at Oglethorpe Speedway Park on this past Saturday night. Ricky McLean picked up the win down there, and what a show that was down at that show place. And hard to hear, hard to think about that place closing down later on this year. But a lot of good racing taking place. Uh, the dirt track up at Charlotte had the Red Clay Series. Cass Fowler, uh, who's been winning everywhere he goes this year, 
picked up the victory up there along with Ronnie Johnson picking up a, a uh, Tour of the South victory, $3,000 at the Dirt Track in Charlotte. So some good racing happening all around the, the, the nation, um, but some very good racing happening right here in the Southeast, my friend. Well, you know, there's a lot of concern and a lot of uh, folks that got questions on their mind about uh, the summer and the uh, the overall other racing action that goes on in Atlanta Motor Speedway because Atlanta Motor Speedway has been the the Georgia home uh, while Cordell has some uh, Legends Racings and uh, but Atlanta Motor Speedway has been the mainstay uh, for that. But I now hear that Lanier is going to host a race it has not hosted in a long time. That's right. They actually started last week. They, they, they've actually had two races now. They'll, they'll have the final two races of the series here this week coming up. But uh, um, with with the reconfiguration of the track here at Atlanta Motor Speedway is Thursday Thunder, which normally runs in June and July or has predominantly for the past 23 years. This year, because of the tearing up of the racetrack and the reconfiguration project that's going on, could only run in June. So they ran a six-race series to, to crown all the champions that was completed prior to the NASCAR car race and then to supplement that normal series that would run in July is uh, Ken Reagan, our Legends of Georgia director, reached out to uh, a popular duo of promoters in Mays Massey and Doug Stevens who not only have West Georgia Speedway with the dirt side of things but also have strong ties to the Legends of Mandalero program approached them and said, hey, let's go together and let's lease the old Lanier Raceway. And, of course, Lanier Raceway, a very popular location for Legends and then Bandolero car racing over the years until it kind of closed a little bit but still activates a, uh, here and there with different events, is they, they leased the place and opened up the four-race series. Like I said, two races already in the books and then two more races coming up this Wednesday and Thursday up there at Lanier Raceway. And so far, so good. I mean, they're, they're getting about 80, 85 cars each one of the nights. The racing has been phenomenal, just like it always was at Linear Raceway for, for all the divisions, but the Legends always put on a great show up there uh, before it kind of closed off uh, to, to short track racing. It's just good to see Lanier Raceway operating as an oval track short track again, and so far the, the public and the drivers have supported it greatly for Mays, Doug, and, and Ken Reagan. Hey listeners, this is Jamie Little from NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race week all right race fans i tell you what if you're just now getting here you're getting here a little late for the program i'm william barber aka wb this is alfie hey wb and appreciate all the listeners tuning in and enjoying the program this week and if you missed out we had some great guests uh ted austed from Atlanta motor speedway with the latest in short track news also had the opportunity to speak with alan Cavana as well as Alan Beswick. So thanks to all those great guests joining this week on the Southern Race Week Radio program, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which will be available on Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So if you missed out on this week's episode, you can go back and listen to it again or listen to any of our past episodes of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, William. Now, um, some other uh, breaking news. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto uh, lost his ride for next year. He's going to be having to find a new ride for next year. I don't know if you heard about that, Alfie. But uh, he posted up some several 
several choice words on uh, his Twitter and Instagram page about that. But, hey, it's nothing he hasn't been in before because we're getting ready to race fans to go into the silly season of NASCAR. So if you want to keep updated on everything that's going on minute by minute, check out Southern Race Week on Facebook, facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. Check us out on all your favorite podcast locations and do us a huge favor because we know we have a lot of people that listen to the show. They'll listen to the podcast, Alfie. We need them to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. Subscribe to the show so that way we can let you know whenever we have something new uploaded for you, which is every single week. Until next week, I'm William Barber, a.k.a. WB. I'm Alfie. Y'all have a great one. We'll see you.